Christ is glorious and we are part of it. Amen. Oh, we are so happy that the Lord has made us one. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Not an individual Christians, but a corporate entity. Amen. Amen. Oh, the church of Christ is glorious and we are part of it. Amen. Amen. We're so happy that the Lord has made us one. <clears throat> Amen. Amen. Yes, there's oh, a body in the universe and we belong to it. Hallelujah, for the Lord has made us one. Hallelujah, for the Lord has made us one. Amen. 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 We are one by eating Jesus. Amen. We are divine by eating Amen. Jesus. Amen. How we shine Amen. by eating Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Jesus lost the way. Amen. Amen. Jesus is the way. Not just individual churches, but the both. Oh, the Amen. Amen. Yes, That's right. Hallelujah for the body. Satan Amen. trembles at the body. We're glorious in the body. Hallelujah. Amen. We are in yes. the body now. Amen. Amen. Says, how may we express such oneness, be divine and shining too? Eating Jesus is the way. Amen. The manner and feast that every new hallelujah we may eat it every day. Amen. Oh, the church of Christ is glorious and we are part of it. 
George, we can't hear you. Well, George, you are muted. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, when I enjoy this hymn, it reminds me the material for this week morning revival. I'm sure you're all going to have that outline this week. It touched about the wisdom of God. Amen. And this week talking about that wisdom of God is not just God intelligent. It's not just smart and good idea of God. But the wisdom of God is Christ. Amen. This very Christ in God's heart long before the eternity. Amen. Even the time start, God has this thing in his mind. This is he care for Christ. Amen. This is something hidden deep, deep in God's heart. Mm. You know, the book of Job, they're talking about all the reasons. But the book of Proverbs talk about the wisdom. Okay. The, wisdom the reasonings. 25 chapters or 35 chapters. They are talking all the reasons, all the argue. Mm. And mm, they did not touch what is in God's heart. And the book of Proverbs talking about we have to look to search for this wisdom. Don't search for all the reasons, but search for the what is in God's mind long before the time start. Oh, wonderful. This is um, something hidden in God. It is God's plan. For this, it becomes God's initiation. Initiate from God. And God, from all his initiation, he has this purpose of what? Of Christ. God just think, and daydream. <laughs> Don't use the right word, but God's dreaming. Christ, 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 and Christ. So Christ, for this Christ, God make a plan. God has initiation. God designed. God arranged. Everything is out of this mind of God called the wisdom of God. Christ is the wisdom of God. The book of Proverbs say we have to look. We have to search for God's wisdom. Amen. This week, morning revival, there are six points from the six different aspects to explain the wisdom of God. In short, the wisdom of God has been hidden. In fact, to some people, it has been hidden, but to some people, it has been revealed. We have to look, we have to seek for this wisdom. And that is the first aspect, the wisdom in the book of Proverbs. 
and second, uh, the wisdom in the book of Romans. Romanio 2, talking about this wisdom applied to the believers, it is God's full salvation is because of the wisdom of God. Romans 9 to 11 is an insertion of God's wisdom riches. It is not that how you smart, it is God's wisdom arrange all these things and he chose us. Saints, your chosen is a part of God's wisdom. Amen. <laughs> you sometimes say, Lord, why you choose me? God said, one day you will know that is the wisdom of God that he chose us that we may have Christ. When Paul touched about, oh, this is the wisdom of God that chose us that we can have part of this Christ. You know, Romans chapter 11 is the last chapter of this one. And in verse 33, he said, wow, how deep the wisdom of God, his knowledge beyond I can understand. You like it? That is Romans 1133. <laughs> Saints, you love that word, that verse? At least you know South Street 1133. Now I want to tell you Romans 1133. That is the wisdom of God that God has prepared for us. That is, anyway, that is the second point. First point, the book of Proverbs. Second point, the book of Romans. Three and four is God's wisdom in God man Jesus. Point four is God's wisdom in all the believers that he become our righteousness in the past. Presently, this wisdom is our holiness, sanctification, and in the future, this wisdom is our glorification. That is three and four. Five and six, this wisdom is in the air to display to the heavenly authority, which is to evil angels. There are two kinds of angels. One is good angels, one is bad angels. The good angel, they appreciate God's wisdom. The bad angels, they're still in the air. Today, the Lord used the church to display this wisdom to the angel. What do you mean display? To persuade, to subdue them, not just to show them. That display is to subdue them. This is the wisdom of God. And number six, five and six, once the church, once the new Jerusalem. Praise the Lord for the wisdom of God. And this hymn talking about, oh, the church of Christ is glorious and we are part of it. This is the wisdom of God. God apportioned that we may enjoy Christ to be the wisdom of God. Amen. Wonderful. Amen. In verse 4, how may we express such oneness, be divine and shining too? Hallelujah, eating Jesus is the way. This is the Christ we enjoy. We become his expression. Amen. Well, I wish you enjoy the morning revival this week also. All right, I think uh, we're not going to spend too long time. Uh, Adrian, can you tell us uh, what part of 
the scripture we're going to cover for tonight. Amen. So, brothers and sisters, tonight we're going to read Genesis chapter 10 and 11. Uh, so, Angelo, I think uh, you can break us up in groups. Maybe give us uh, seven minutes each. Yeah, seven minutes in the groups. Then we're going to read um, Genesis 10. It has 32 verses. Genesis 11, also 32 verses. So when you get into your groups, just begin to read. And then uh, we'll cover these two chapters together tonight. Yes. So you can go ahead and break us up, Angelo. Amen. Okay, welcome back, everybody. Um, I seem to have a bit of a, I don't know if my connection is uh, too stable tonight. It seems to be okay. So uh, if, if, it's not, if it's not good, you can just let me know. Um, uh, anyway, I don't know if I can do anything about it. But amen. Wow. I don't know if you got through all those names. <laughs> uh, in my group, we were uh, kind of a bit slow in the first part. Maybe we should have just skipped down to chapter 11. Uh, it seems to me, jo Brother John is going to get the juicy part. But uh, there's something very crucial that we do see in these two chapters. Um, uh, so beginning with chapter 10, we see... Uh, something issuing out of uh, the living of Noah and his family. Uh, so we saw so far how when as soon as Satan, as soon as God did something, he initiated something, Satan would come in and he would, would find a way in order to prevent God from fulfilling his original intention in his creation. And we saw that God's intention, especially with his creation of man, was that man would bear his image, in other words, express God, and that God would have dominion, in other words, represent him on the earth. But then, we also saw that the only way that man can really do this is expressing God. You have to have God's life. There's no other way. You can try, but you will not have the reality of that expression. You will have an outward form, but lack the intrinsic reality. So this is why after God created man, he put him in front of the tree of life, signifying that man would take him into him as the tree of life. But before man did that, Satan come came in, deceived man, and uh, even deceived man to partake of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, or maybe in plain words, the tree of death. He didn't put it in such words to Eve. She wouldn't have partaken of that tree if that was his words, but he deceived her so that she would partake of that tree, which eventually resulted in death. And that we saw later on, in, especially in chapter five. But, but so as soon as 
God wanted to do something, Satan came in. But every time that, that, that Satan came in, it gave God an opportunity. Hallelujah. This multifarious wisdom of God will eventually express. God will even use all the negative things that Satan has done to us, to this world, usurping us, bringing in his satanic system to cause the entire, even heavenlies, to see the multifarious wisdom of God. Wow. Even Satan's rebellion was under God's sovereignty so that God could show forth his multifarious wisdom. So brothers and sisters, I really appreciate it. As we've gone through this, this fall of man, progressively also we've seen a revelation of a progressive revelation of God's relationship with man. So eventually we came to this chapter six where God repented even of creating man and wanted to give up man. And, and then, but we saw Noah found favor and then Noah built the ark and this ark saved them. This ark, which they built was what they entered into and it saved them from God's judgment. Actually, God's judgment was their salvation from that crooked and perverted generation. And it brought them eventually onto this mountain, Ararat, which we saw last week is a type of resurrection. And here they entered into a new realm and entered into a new living. What was this living? This living was a type, a portrait of the church life. Lived in resurrection. When we want to be those, the, the doves, right? We don't want to be the, the, uh, the crows who have a taste for death. We want to be the doves who have a taste for life who eat the, the seeds of life and who pluck the, the olive branch, the, the fresh new olive tree full of the spirit. And then Noah and his family came out in resurrection. And what did they do? The first thing they did, they offered up Christ, all the wonderful aspects of Christ, all the different aspects of Christ, all our experiences of Christ. This is what makes God so happy. When we experience this Christ and we offer him up to God, that's the first thing that we need to do, brothers and sisters. And then after Noah offered up this Christ, then we saw that they were under the covenant of God. So they had God's blessing over them. And they eventually fulfilled God's purpose. So God brought them back to his original intention for which he created man in the first place, which was that man would express him and that man would have dominion. So we saw that Noah and his family were brought back to this, to this original intention with God creating man. So they had a fresh start, a new beginning. And isn't this also our experience? When we, when we come into the church life, we just feel that we're in another realm. But brothers and sisters, Tonight, we see that there are also a negative side. And so we saw this very positive side last week. But tonight, we do want to touch something of the negative side. Not that we want to dwell on this, but it's good for us to see this. Because sometimes, you know, it's like, it's like Satan. God uses him to display his multifarious wisdom. And sometimes God even uses this negative situation in, all, in order to make manifest something so wonderful to us. Okay, so Noah and his family, they started off 
in genuine oneness, in a genuine unity. There were no divisions among them. And what was the source of their oneness? Brothers and sisters, it was not, well, okay, there was, they were one family, right? They all came out of the same um, source. They were one family. But this was not the source of their oneness. The source of the oneness of Noah and his family were God. God was the source of their oneness. This one God whom they worshipped. Brothers and sisters, this one God is the source of our oneness. There is no way for us to be one apart from this one God. When we are apart from this one God, I'm sorry, no oneness. And then they also, they had this one God, this one worship, but they also had one goal before them. They had one purpose. They were brought back to God's original purpose. Their purpose was not to build up some grand work for themselves. So to, to, uh, to, to uh, maybe uh, develop some things or build great cities. No, their purpose was to express God and represent God. Brothers and sisters, I hope this really impresses us. May the Lord have mercy on us and impress upon us this matter of this worship of God, this, this one unique God whom we worship. This is a crucial matter. As soon as we bring in other things, we will lose our oneness. And as soon as we have another goal before us, another purpose in our living, then God's unique goal of man expressing him and representing him, sorry to say, but we have seen the history of the church. This is what will happen. And this is what took place in church history, right? Okay, so what do we see here? Well, so they started off one, but then eventually what happened as they were multiplying, eventually it says that they, they, had, they had four things. Okay, eventually four things came up, came about, which caused division among them. And these four things are mentioned in verse 31. First, families. Tongues, lands, and nations. Okay, these four things is the cause of division. Okay, so what happens? Well, we, we come into the church life. We love the Lord. We really do love the Lord. But then what happens is, our relationships with one another can sometimes be a bit natural, maybe something of the flesh. So, of course, maybe it's not, it's not our fleshly brothers or sisters, but brothers and sisters, this is a real warning to us. When we do not deal and, and, and in a sense, our relationships with one another needs to be brought into resurrection. 
where all of our relationships go through the head, where everything is headed up by the Lord. And it is not according to our preference, according to our taste, or according to our likes or dislikes. Oh, this brother shepherded me. So I have a lot of feeling for this brother. And I want to be where this brother is. I'm sorry, saints. But eventually, this will cause division among us. If we do not reject the natural life and the natural relationships, eventually it will cause us to, to become divided. I like these ones. I don't like those ones. I have a preference for these ones. They speak the same language as me. They have the same interests as I do. They have the same background as I do. Brothers and sisters, that is not the church life that God is after. And that is not our oneness, is it? Our oneness is not based on these outward things. Our oneness is based on God. Okay? And then they were divided according to their tongues. So they, they became, firstly, they, they harbored these, these, these fleshly things, and then tongues came about. Okay, now I know the next chapter, it says that they were, they were one tongue, but but anyway, eventually God came in and confounded their language. Okay, so so this matter of language, what it really refers to and what it is typifying to us is speaking different things. Language is a way to express our opinions, our minds, our intentions, what our thoughts, what is within us. It's expressed through the through what we speak. But the New Testament tells us that we have one mind. That is the mind of Christ. So brothers and sisters, if we have one mind, what should we be expressing? Should we have different thoughts? Does the Lord have, have different thoughts about? No. That doesn't mean we all start speaking in the same tone. We all use exactly the same words. But it means that we all have the same speaking. We, have, we are speaking the mind of Christ. We are speaking the word of Christ. If this is not our condition, eventually what will happen is we will speak different things and we'll become divided based on our speaking because our speaking simply expresses what is within us and what then comes out of us will be this, this dissenting, this divisiveness. Okay, then... They had different lands. Now, I read Brother, Brother Lee. He said when, when they were in China and then some missionaries would come over there and they would be from different backgrounds, maybe the Baptists and the Methodists and the Lutherans or Presbyterians or I don't know. What. And then what these missionaries would do is they would say, okay, uh, we'll allow... The Baptist, you will take that territory, and that'll be where you go. And then the, uh, the Lutherans, you will go to that territory, and you will preach the gospel there. And then the, uh, the Methodists, they will go to that territory. And if, 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 if then some would go into another territory to preach the gospel, they would fight one another and say, why, why are you coming here to preach the gospel in my territory? This is for, for, for my territory. This is not your territory. So they divided their land up according to their different, different denominations. So, 
So that, that kind of division was, was not, it was not, there's not oneness there, right? That, that dividing of their land typifies the body of Christ being divided by different territories. Brothers and sisters, in the church life, this should not be among us. We should not have the thought that this is my territory. Oh, uh, we're meeting in the church of Pretoria. So the, 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 uh, the brothers and sisters in Johannesburg, don't you come and, and, uh, and visit us or, or, or try and you know, influence us or try and uh, have a say in our church life? No, we, we, uh, we, are, we are autonomous. We are having our little church life here and you, you, you shouldn't have anything to do with us. Brothers and sisters, this is, this is not what God is after. Yes, there are many local churches. Yes, there should be many local churches. But the reason that we meet in different localities is simply based on the fact that we cannot all be in the same place at the same time. It's, to, it's, not, it's not possible to have a church life where there's only one church, right? I have to practice the church life where I am. There where I stay. I need to be with the brothers and sisters where I am. But if I move to Johannesburg, then I'm a member of the church in Johannesburg. I'm not, and and I'm a, you know why I'm I'm a member of, of every local church? It's because I'm a member of the body of Christ. The body of Christ is one. There is just one body in this entire universe. And we are part of it. Hallelujah. The Lord has made us one. God doesn't want us to be divided in different territories where we practice different things among, you know, oh, we, and we have nothing to do with one another. If we practice that kind of a church life, we'll become local sects, not local churches, because the church is just one. The only reason why we meet in different localities is because of our geographical uh, distance between us. But intrinsically, God has made us one. We have one God and we have one goal before us. And then eventually, the last thing that happened is that these different, different Families, then eventually languages, then eventually lands became different nations. Okay, it became, you can even say, different kingdoms. And this we see with Nimrod, right? In verse 6, we have this the sons of Ham, and then one of his sons is Cush. Cush begot Nimrod. He began to be a mighty one on the earth, he was a mighty hunter before Jehovah. Therefore, it is said, like Nimrod, a mighty hunter before Jehovah. And the beginning of his kingdom was Babel. So now eventually, the division of the lands become nations. It becomes a kingdom with a king. It's actually quite meaningful that in the word denomination, there is the word nation. Brothers and sisters, it wasn't like that in the beginning. That was not God's original intention. 
His intention when he created man was that man would be one. Brothers and sisters, God is one. If God is one and he desires man to express him, would man not be one? This is the highest attribute of God, is God's oneness. The Lord Jesus prayed in John 17 that we would be one, even as he and the Father are one. That Father, you would make them one. So these different denominations it means it's 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 denominated right it has different names it's taking things other than god as the goal as the purpose oh brothers and sisters there really is a big warfare regarding this matter that god wants to bring us back to God wants to recover us back to the proper ground of oneness, that we would be one, that there would be oneness among us, that every believer would take no other name but the name of the Lord Jesus. Okay, so, so we had the, this start of the nation's year this beginning of, of the nations here in chapter 10. So we saw that Noah and his family had a very good start, right? They, they, they were living the church life in resurrection, having a taste for life, offering Christ to God, um, under the covenant and the blessing of God. And they had this one purpose before them, that they were expressing God and representing God. So God wants to bring us back to this. Um, okay, so then we have this, this aspect of this, these denominations. And then the other thing that we see in chapter 10 is this kingdom that Nimrod built was Babel. Okay, now Babel is the Hebrew word or the, uh, the Greek equivalent is Babylon. So in Greek, it's Babylon. In Hebrew, it's Babel. This is the beginning of Babylon. Now, Babel started with Nimrod. He built this city called Babel. And this became his kingdom. And eventually, the denominations on the earth today, eventually, it will consummate in the great Babylon. In this great city, this great organization that Satan instigated. I don't know if you remember, but when this is on the line of the curse that we saw last week. Last week, we saw that Noah, who was the deputy authority of God, had a failure. Right? But this failure was exposed by one of his sons and covered by two of his sons. The two sons who covered Noah's failure, they received a blessing. But the son who exposed his father's nakedness to his brothers, when Noah heard about this, he cursed him 
right? So, so this is on the line of the curse. Okay, now brothers and sisters, don't don't be in your mind and think am I on the line of the curse or on the line of the blessing or where? Well, we just want to get out of Babylon the Great. This is what God is saying. Get out of her, my people. You need to get out of this. So through this rebellion of Ham against God's authority, Satan had a way to instigate or to begin another satanic system. And this is, this is what we've seen happen. The Lord, after his resurrection, he brought forth the church in resurrection to express him and represent him on the earth. But then what Satan did is he married the church to the world. And then eventually, this church not only became married to the world, but it became against God. It became, it left God. And this we see culminating eventually with the Roman Catholic Church, where for a thousand years, brothers and sisters, the Bible was locked up from man. The truth was no longer available to mankind. And what happened is, even that was called the Dark Ages, right? For a thousand years, man was in darkness. Even, even secular people call that time the Dark Ages. When you lock up God's word from man, man is in utter darkness. So, this, this system that Satan brought in to the church, which was something organic brought forth by the Lord, he made a way to systematize it, to bring in a system through man's rebellion. Man's rebellion, again, opened the way for Satan to take another step. And Brother John will cover this in more detail. With the city eventually, this tower of Babel eventually getting built, right? But, but Satan had a way to cause man to become systematized. To, become, to, to make the church life something completely organizational. And today, brothers and sisters, so many of God's people are caught in the system of so many different denominations, so many different free groups, so many who just want their own kingdom, not willing to let go of what they have, to be one with one another, to just drop everything they have, everything that they've built up, and just drop that and take the Lord's word and go according to what God has ordained and be recovered back to God's original intention, which is for man to be one. So through this city, now Satan had a way to systematize man. Okay, and then we see eventually Nimrod, he becomes this mighty one. And okay, I'm not going to get into too much detail. But eventually, after the Tower of Babel, God has to call someone out again. We saw that during Noah's time, there was this incredibly corrupted, degraded situation among man, where God said all the thoughts of man are evil continually. And so Noah was then the, the one that was used by God, who found favor and built the ark. And now with this Tower of Babel, again, God has to basically forsake the created human race 
and begin a new way with the called out race. So, you know, the, on the one hand, we're of the line of Noah. On the other hand, we have a, we're of the line of Abraham, the called out ones. Okay, I'm going to stop there, brother John. You can continue, brother. Um, yeah, this is quite impressive that we are in this first part of Genesis. I don't know how many of us saw this is revealed in the first part of Genesis. Before, when I read Genesis, I thought that's wonderful. God creating heaven and earth, placed man in the Garden of Eden. Okay. We thought that's wonderful. And then man, naughty, took the wrong tree. That's all that we know. Okay. But we never see when God revealed to Moses to write the book of Genesis. God revealed to Moses after man was placed in the Garden of Eden. Man continued to fall. Man did, after man did not took the tree of life. It is not just a mistake. It is terrible. When man depart from the tree of life, man fall four times. Did you ever read the Bible or in Genesis have this kind of view? Four falls of man. Not one, four. Spirit, soul, body. And now, already finished. Not yet finished. First fall, man's spirit was dead. Second fall, men overused their soul. Third fall, the body become flesh. That is before the flood. Okay. It's totally finished. Kaput. Okay. Man is totally finished. But Satan, not yet finished. I just say, Lord, why don't you come in? Lord say, no, no, no. Every time okay, when Satan is doing something, he thought he tried to frustrate God's work. In fact, God allowed him to do that in order to expose him. Four falls of man expose what Satan do thoroughly, that nothing he can do. Four falls of man. Tonight we're going to see the fourth fall, that he even came to instigate. You know the word instigate, to fire up within man. Four falls of men. Last week, okay, um, we saw a wonderful church life and also the failure of, the author, of an authority. And this week we saw why Satan come in. It's because men open a way for Satan to come in. Remember last week, we talked about the failure of Noah. It's because of his successful. That successful makes him 
fail. If you success, don't be too happy. We need to be more vigilant. And we talk about LCD, am I right? You remember, not liquid crystal display. <laughs> A kind of crystal is liquid, okay? That's why you call that liquid crystal display. But LCD means looseness, careless, and drunkenness. What is looseness? Looseness is when you have nothing to do. There is no goal, there is no target. When Noah come out from the ark, he said, okay, the job is done, nothing to do. Don't, we have no commitment, no target, no goals. Then we become loose. And this is during this pandemic. We need to know this may give the enemy to come in. You know, why David failed? It's also because of looseness. He sent everybody to go and fight, but he did not go to the battlefield. He stayed in his own palace. He success, so he become loose. So he sent everybody to go to the field and fight. And I believe that morning he did not have his morning revival. And he woke up very late. He become loose, no commitment. So when he come late, wake up late, so he stand on his balcony and he saw Bathsheba. That is because of looseness. You know, whenever there's no goal, there is no desperate in our Christian life. The enemy come in. That looseness causes us to have careless. Careless is you just don't care. So you can have wine, but he don't care. So he become it drink drink too much wine, and so he become careless. That careless bring him into drunkenness. Either David or Noah, they were drunk. That is, they're no longer sober. Eventually, they expose their flesh. The submission of LCD equals nakedness. No more covering, no more protection. No more um, hidden, no more restriction. That is nakedness. You know, a priest who served God should not expose their flesh. God come in will kill them. When we serve the Lord, never expose our flesh. We have to hide our flesh. Don't think, no, I'm just honest. I just have to speak. No, you need to cover yourself. That nakedness is an abomination to God. God will not tolerate that one. Saints, some of us even involved in some of the service, that is a big warning. That in our service in the church, you never expose your flesh, never burst out your temper. No room to burst your flesh. No. Moses, 
who have been labeled 40 years, take care of God's people. He just only bursts out once. Then all this devil just finish. And God said, because you burst out your temper, all your laboring for 40 years, I will not let you go into good land. Just only once. You must see how serious is that nakedness. As the Lord, Lord, there's no room. Anyway, that is what we saw from last week. And this week, we saw when after Noah blesses children, uh, the failure of a leader. On one hand, he should not fail, but on the other hand, the failure of a leader become a test to all the people. It's a test to test that are you deserve the blessing or you will receive the curse. You have the choice. And after this blessing, and then they all spread out. That is what Adrian mentioned in chapter 10. And then they are not actually spread out, they scatter. They scatter out. And to the whole place, then let's come to chapter 11. You know, that is the fourth fall of men. How fourth fall of men take place? That is after they all went scattered to their own place, the same thing, nothing to do. So you open a way for Satan to come in. When you have nothing to do, then Satan say, okay, you have nothing to do. I have something to do. Let me do something. Since we don't want, have nothing to do. Oh Lord, amen, we have vision. You, know, you just open, uh, Satan, I have nothing to do. Satan, oh, you have nothing to do. Okay, let me come and help you. <laughs> so all these people, they scattered according to their land. Remember that what, what uh, Adrian mentioned, this whole thing uh, in verse 5, 10, 5. Okay? Separate into their land, to the tongues, to the families, and to their nations. Okay, wonderful. To do what? No, we have nothing to do. We just have a lacquer life, okay? good life. Uh, then Satan come in, instigate. Just like Noah, nothing to do. So he become loose. And this time, Satan come with four times, number four. First three times, he ruined spirit, soul, and body. And this time, he not only ruined, he came in, into, within man, and inspired him, instigate. Okay. That is the word, okay. inciting people, okay. stimulate people to rebel God. You know, in chapter 11, if you don't have this vision, you might not say, what's wrong with that? You know, if before the flood, they have a lot of violence, then you say, yeah, that's bad. Okay? What people imagine is wicked, that's bad. But what's wrong in 11? 
you don't see any violence here. Did you see? Outwardly, it's good. Look, they all heard had one language, the same speech. They come to a place called Sina. You know, Sina is the, when they went into into Jericho. Okay? The city was collapsed, and Achan took steal a a garment from Sheena, that is from Babylon. Sheena, that's the place of idols. They come into the land of Sheena and they dwell there. And then they say to one another, come let us make bricks and burn these bricks thoroughly. That makes, let's burn all the soil. Burn the soil thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and they had tar for mortar. Verse 4, and they come and they say, come, let us build ourselves, underline a city and a tower. What's wrong? A city and a tower. Whose top is in the heavens. Underline the word heavens. And then let us make a name for ourselves. Underline the word name. Okay lest we scatter over the surface of the whole earth. Okay. 11.4, that is the key verse. How okay. Satan take place, proceed his fourth damaging work toward men to cause men have the fourth fall. I repeat in verse four. Number one, you underline the word city. Number two, tower. Number three, heavens. Number four, names. And then lest we be scattered over the surface of the whole earth. And then verse five, Jehovah came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men had built. And Jehovah said, Behold, there are one people, and they all have one language. And this is only the beginning of what they will do. And now nothing which they had purpose to do will be kept from them. Let us go down. Did you see? This time, Jehovah come to judge by himself. Let us go down. In time of Noah, he indirectly, by sending the rain or sending the flood to judge, but this time it forced God to do directly. Let us go down. Oh, you must see how serious it is. God did not say, we're gonna send the fire. I said, no, I come down by myself. Confound their language. <clears throat> we will see why Jehovah come down, and that they may not understand one another's speech. Jehovah scattered them from there over the surface of the whole earth, and they ceased. They stopped building the city. Therefore, its name was called Babel. Footnote nine one means confusion. Okay. Babel does not mean baby. That's confusion. That's Babel. Okay. Because 
Their Jehovah confounded, confused the language of all the earth. From there, Jehovah scattered them over the surface of all the earth. This part, we want to see the four falls of men, the fourth fall. In this part, we'll see number one, it was instigated by Satan. It is not men. Of course, men, nothing to do. So you give Satan room. Saints, I'd like to say today we have many things to do. We are here for the spreading of God's kingdom. Okay? Christian life is not just go to church every Sunday. Okay? No, we are here. We are for the spreading of the kingdom. Okay, Don't think, oh, Lord, you must bless South Africa so we have a better life. I tell you that better life in that city, Satan will instigate people. If we are not for God, then we are for Satan. We have to have someone for. We are here. We know the church life today is not just for me to enjoy the Lord. Our enjoyment is for the spreading of the kingdom. We should ask the Lord, Lord, give us a goal. Again, I would like to say, don't forget, we pray for 20 lamb stands. Am I right? <laughs> okay. You said, Lord, where are you going now? Okay. How should we cooperate with you? I'm not going to just have a vineyard and plant some grape and prepare some wine to get cherries and get happy for myself. No, we must have a goal. And here, men is full. They have their own land. They have their own families. They have their own done tongue. Everybody's happy. Satan came in, and men start falling. These four falls. The first fall is men fall from God's presence to man's conscience. Before, when Adam, Eve, they're in the garden, they enjoy God's presence. They're under God's government. But when they fall, they start realize, oh, they were naked. So. Now that government has fallen from God's presence into man's conscience. That conscience activated. That conscience caused them to have shameful. No, that conscience to protect man. But now people override the conscience. When, when God created man, he created a conscience to protect man. If man override, wipe out the function of conscience, men become like animals. We don't know what is shame. We don't know what's God's feeling. Okay. You know, that is conscience. Before men fall, that conscience is silence. But when men fall, that conscience start alarm off. It becomes trigger up, got trigger, cause men feel ashamed. That is the function of conscience. Before we live in God's presence, now we are under God's ruling and we also have God's presence. Now, men fall, become under the government of conscience. And the second fall is from man conscience into others ruling. Instead of conscience, now God said, Noah, you will be appointed for human government. 
God man, gave men the authority to take care of the rule over mankind. This is under the caring. No government, no protection. <clears throat> so we are under human government. That is because of third fall. See, from God's divine government to ruling of our conscience to human government. So man fall from human government into Satan's instigation. Satan come in to instigate men. Instigate men for what? To rebel against God. What rebels against God? That is to cast out God's authority. We don't want to be under God. We want to build the city whose stuff is in the heavens before we are under the ruling of God, before we are under the ruling of conscience, we are under the ruling of human government. Now we want to cast out all this authority. We want to shoot up to the heavens. We challenge the throne of God. This is the fourth fall. Outwardly, there is no violence, but inwardly, it is a challenge. It is to cast out. You want to free from God's authority. That is to declare who has the authority in the universe. In that verse, verse 4, in the heavens, that means in the universe. God, are you the authority? Okay. We deny your authority. That is rebellion. Rebel is to deny the authority. I will not take you as an authority. That is rebellion. So, how did man fall? Man fall by being instigated by Satan and then and together with the rebellious of human race. The human race being instigated and then the human race start rising up collectively to rebel against God. No, that is the word called conspiracy. What's conspiracy? Conspiracy is a plan, is a plot, is an arrangement made by two or more people. Okay. If you say plan, it is only individual, I make a plan. Okay. But conspiracy that implies more people with a bad motivation, evil motivation. That is conspiracy. Okay. These are the two words. One is inwardly instigated by Satan. Outwardly, men work collectively a conspiracy to rebel against God. You know, did you see? He said, let us, <laughs> let us make bricks to burn them. Yeah. And then we will shoot up this tower. Okay. This is the cause. And how about the procedure? There are five procedures that which take place today. Okay. Just like in the Noah's time, 
when Noah come out from the king from the ark, the kingdom already happened. But in that kingdom, Satan come in. And likewise, today we are in the church life. After death and resurrection, we enjoy the church life. The same thing, these five things happen in the church life. So you got to know what are the five things. I go quickly. Number one is conspiring to rebel against God. That's number one. The first key word is conspiring, that men come together to conspire against God. This is always the beginning of the work of Satan. He come together, cause people come together, have this kind of conspiracy to rebel against God. One people, no. He will collect some people. When Lucifer rebels against God, he come with one third of the angels come with him. This is how man rebels God. First is conspiring. The second is making bricks. Making bricks with the earth by human labor. They what did they do? They used the earth, the soil. The soil should be our nutritious, give us life. Today we eat vegetable, all the fruits, everything is to receive the nutrients from the earth. These are the vital elements to our body. But now what Satan did is to burn all the elements that need to grow in life and burn all this earth into bricks is to consume all the life. Since we want to choose life, oh Lord, amen. We don't want to burn the bricks. Satan using this way to burn all the life element that produce nourishment for us. This is how Satan did. He burned the earth that contained the elements for us to grow in life. Cause us cannot grow in life. God's building is made of stone, but man's building made of bricks. In the New Jerusalem, all these are precious stones. You don't see any bricks there because bricks are man-made with earth. And in Babel, Ben burned the earth, mud into bricks, and built a city and a tower. And this is the same principle that Pharaoh also built the storage with bricks, the treasure city out of bricks. This is the principle of what the enemy is doing and kills all the element within men that grows life by burning them out. You know, he just burned you out. It seems you get some token, but he burned you out. Since we don't want to be burned out. Yeah, on one hand, we live on this earth. His tactics is to cause us burn out. We must ask the Lord, Lord, maintain your joy within me. I don't want to be burned out. 
No, that's why we still have the church life. But Satan, all this earthly thing, it caused men to burn out. If you did not burn out, he cannot use you. Okay. It is to cut off your life supply. So he burned you out. The third thing what Satan do is build a city. Number one is conspiracy together. Number two, he burned us out. And number three, he built a city. And the city is a life-left city. Okay. It's a sorry, godless life. It's a godless life, a life without God. That's a man-made. You see, all the human labor, we misuse the earth and we build a man-made God life, Godless life city. And that city is lifeless. Look at the today human culture and all the society. It, all this is just building a city, a city without God. Just like the city of Enoch. We want to live in a city that a kind of organization. You know, every organization in today's society is burning the earth into bricks. I repeat, organization. Don't think organization, oh, we just come to organize something. I tell you, that organization in today's society is burning the earth into bricks and building up a babel that is godless and lifeless. Today, the church, we are not an organization. The church today is a garden. Amen. What are we doing here? We are plowing, you know, plowing. We soften, loosing the soil. We are sowing the seed. We are watering and we grow in life. Amen. This is a garden. Saints, what a wonderful, the Lord placed us in the garden of Eden. We are not in our organization. Organization in this earth, they are burning the bricks. They're organized, seems quite organized, but unconsciously they burn you into bricks and build a city called Babel, a godless and lifeless city. But we don't want to be organization. Amen. Look at today, many organizations, including religion organization. There's no growing in life. But today in the church life, praise the Lord. Why we go to home meeting. Okay? So we plow one another that we make ourselves open to the Lord. And we sow the seed. These four words, I love it. Okay? Number one, we're plowing. Number two, we're sowing. Sowing the seed. Number three, we're watering. Okay? We water one another. Number four, we're growing in life. Amen. This is the story in the garden. Okay. All right. What next? Number four, what Satan's doing is building a tower. Number three is building a city, building an organization. And number four, building a tower. What's building a tower? A tower signify declaring, renouncing of God. You build a tower 
That means I'm independent. Look, this tower. Nothing is support. We are independent. Depend no one. We are here. Okay. That is mm, renouncing. I don't need God. We don't want to have God here. Okay. The tower stood straight. Okay. That is the tower. Renouncing of God. Now today, the principle of the city with the tower is the same with human society. A tower signifies the advertisement. This is independent. And many would like to advertise. That is not trusting of God. We use our own effort. We don't, we are independent. There's no trusting of God. You know, even today, some people are or preaching the gospel, they advertise. We have Dr. So-and-so. Okay? I think their name is more important than the Lord's name. Uh, Dr. So-and-so will come to give us a good speech. Where is the name of the Lord being renounced? I don't want to tell you. In South Africa, some of you know this story. One day, we want to have a conference somewhere outside Pretoria and the place don't ask me please don't ask me one of the locality they are so happy and they make a big advertisement okay, that brother so and so from America will give us the conference wow the date and time it's a big banner I saw the I saw that banner I said Wow, what is this? He said, ah, so people can come. Okay. I said, brother, we don't use this advertisement. If that, if that banner did not come down, we will not have conference here. He said, brother, we already bought this one. I said, yeah, it's up to you. We will never come in if that advertisement is there. Saints, we are not advertising. We trust the Lord. We are not building a big sign, intensive advertisement. That is the principle of tower. Today, many organizations, many Christian groups, they have advertisement, billboard. That is the principle of tower. That's what the Lord today working in the church and Satan also do this kind of principle. We should have this awareness. And number five. The tower is also making a name to deny God's name. The tower is to making a name. Saints, we have to be aware of this. What Satan do today to instigate men, his process is making a name to be known by denying God's name. The towers built for the purpose of making themselves a name. In the church life, we should aware not making any name. We got only one name, one person, only the Lord Jesus. To make a name for men is actually denying God's name. We don't want to have other name. You know, all this, you know, the people found out. The bricks they built in the Tower of Babel. 
many idols' name. They are not just making a tower. They are actually want their name to be spread out, to be made known. And then they worship the tower. That means they're following Satan. Satan got his goal. Now I got a lot of worshipers. I got a lot of followers. Through my instigation, I fully success. That is what they want to do. Saints, we don't have other name. Sometimes, you know, I'm very glad. In our WhatsApp group, we don't have any name. I'm really afraid, okay, all the name, praise the Lord, okay, I'm very happy, okay? you have this group and that group, praise the Lord, all this group, I don't see any name here, now many Christians, whenever they want to move, they put a name, okay? they want to have any movement, a name, any meeting, a name, okay? that's why they call that the name, denomination, <laughs> denomination, Nominate, that means name. Saints, that's denomination. In Christianity, the Lord allowed them to do. But in the Lord's recovery, God will sanctify his move. We have no other name. These are the five steps how Satan did to cause men for false, to instigate them until their name uh, will be spread out. Saints, man. If you want to have a name, it is better that you get a bad name. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> Don't intend to get a name to be known. You know, Paul do not have a good name. The Lord Jesus do not have a good name, but that's the name we love it. We have only the Lord Jesus is the only name above all names. There's no other name under the heaven. Praise the Lord. And then the result is here. Okay. Two results. First is they've been scattered. Oh, this is so bad. That means they've been scattered, not spreading. Spreading is we are in the oneness. Scatter is we have different tongues and different speaking. That is scattered. And um, since today we are not here to scatter, if any locality say we are independent, don't touch us, we are scattered. No, some people say, no, locality, we are, what's the word? Um, I forget the term, okay? that nobody should touch us. We, we have our own, um, we have our own management here. Uh, that is division. No, that is a division. That is confusion. Today, the Lord keep his recovery in oneness. That is, we are spreading for the Lord's testimony, but not scatter. Scatter is division. And secondly, the result is God came to confound, confuse the language. They no more speak the same thing. And that is a curse. The curse always results in confusion. The blessing is always upon the unity. Look at Psalm 133. God bless us in unity. Whenever there is a oneness, it gives the Lord a platform for him to bless us. 
Amen. God bless where is the oneness. When there's a oneness, God commanded the blessing. To we are one in the body of Christ. Look at today in the Lord's recovery. I travel a lot. Wherever you go, you walk in, the same thing. Okay. It's oneness. We speak the same thing. We say, Lord, spread your kingdom. Not scatter your kingdom, but spread your kingdom. Today we want spread. We speak the same thing. We have the same tongues. Like in the book of Acts, different places, they come together with different tongues, but they understand one another. That is the oneness. Oh, praise the Lord for such a oneness. And we want to say, Lord, we don't want to give any opinions in the church life. Now, today in Christianity, a few times I attend some Christian activities. I join them. And I tell, when they come together, when people speak, another one stand up. I disagree with what you're talking. Okay? And you must disagree. Everybody must disagree so everybody can learn. I said, no, no, no. This, how this thing would, they even fight. Okay. You know, since we are not come to argue, but we are here for the oneness. Wherever the oneness is, we bring the Lord's blessing here. Okay. In the whole Christianity, they do not have hand, they do not have foot, but everywhere is mouth. Everybody have their own tongues. Nothing they can move and nothing they can do. That's why I say don't, no hand, no foot. But everybody just voicing and disagree with one another. No, this is confusion. In the church life, Paul say, we have one mind and one mouth. That is one accord. This is the blessing, the vital factor of the church life, oneness. We are versus the practice of Babylon. We are no longer Rome in Babylon. Today, the Lord bring us into the ground of oneness. The Jerusalem is the ground of oneness. We are here. Amen. An anti-testimony toward Babylon. Here we have oneness. We are not in the curse. Amen. Confusion. Uh, all this confusion is a sign of curse. God came in to take away the oneness from them. And then they all become the vision. God said, the oneness is mine. You don't have oneness. Now you are spoiling, abusing my oneness. You come together to rebel me. God said, okay, let's calm down. Take away the oneness. Then everybody is scattered. Everybody has their own opinions. That is a sign the oneness is gone. Opinion does not mean you are smarter than others. Opinion is just a sign that oneness is gone. Okay. It becomes a confusion. No. This is the four faults of men. That is, until this time, man being created by God, that fully damaged by Satan, and God allows Satan to do this in order expose Satan and to show us how God saved us from the destruction of Satan. If you see these four faults of men, you're going to worship God. Lord, 
on the four folds of humankind, I'm still in you today. I worship you. If you see these four folds of men, then next week we come to Abraham. God dropped the created race and God start a new race called the called race. God showed this to Moses. Where are we come from? Saints, we come from the four folds of men. By the Lord's mercy, we are here to enjoy God as our portion. What a privilege. Amen. Don't think the Bible is just a storybook. It told us where is our history, where we come from. In created race, God almost gave up, but he did not give up mankind. So he come to call Abraham. Amen. Next week, we'll be come to the third part of Genesis. First part of Genesis, God do the creation. Second part, Satan do the destruction. Third part, God come to call us. That's the third part. Hopefully, next week, we can enjoy the third part of the book of Genesis. Amen. How about that? Uh, Adrian, should we maybe... We still just come, we just still just uh, had an overflow instead of we break into groups. How about we can just overflow here? Everybody just, we enjoy everybody's portion, okay? Um, remember your portion might be a blessing to many people, okay? Don't hide your portion, learn to overflow, okay? Amen. Adrian, can you help us again? And yes, all uh, right, very good. So um, uh, we can all, uh, if you uh, want to, it, it's easier if you're able to raise your hands, so we know uh, who wants to share, and there can uh, be a little bit of maybe uh, uh, just direction. But otherwise, um, brothers and sisters, you're also welcome to just um, unmute yourself and share if you're unable to find the, the hand <laughs> that you need to raise. So uh, we'd really like, and yeah, like I appreciate what, what Brother John was sharing that you don't know, maybe you have a portion that we all need. In fact, you do. <laughs> This is how the body builds itself up. Okay, Bruce and Aniki. Yes, I uh, just wanted to share what, what came up again.